Lapora Lindsay is a career success coach. She has 13 years of experience that can improve your career fulfillment by addressing your personal development. This episode, she will teach you how to define success for yourself by setting smart goals and taking intentional action to produce impact, as well as how to build your personal brand. I like to redefine what success is. And it's all about for each individual person is going to be different. So if one person says that success for me is that regardless of how many times I fail, I'm going to keep trying and you continue to do that, then in my opinion, you are successful. So really my goal is just to make sure that or in guide people that whenever you are working in your career, you set a goal mm. and you work towards that goal, whatever right. that goal is, it's yeah. being able to work towards that mm-hmm. and that's essentially what I what I coach people and, and, and help them to do. All right. So for yourself, what has success been? Has it been, you know, motherhood or has it been like career successes? Like a lot of people have different kind of ways to gauge success. So I'm just wondering what is your gauge for success? It changes. Uh, so for me, because I have my, you know, I have my personal life and I also have my professional life. Mm. In my personal life, when it comes to being successful, it's all about, me trying, mm. me doing the things that I don't want to do mm. because I'm afraid to do them. Right. That's for me. Like even the very fact of me branching out and starting a business, mm. like I've always wanted to do it, but I've been afraid to do it. And in the things that I do within that, I've been afraid to do it. Yeah. But it's just about just just trying. Yeah. So the fact that um, you know, I'm, I fail a couple of times, I I do a little, I have a little oops moments. Yeah. And I recalibrate and I'm like, oh, well, maybe that won't work. Let's try it a different way. Yeah. That works for me. And also uh being a, a mother, being a wife, all of those things, and just trying to be the best that I can be. In my professional life, I I I I guess I would kind of combine that with, you know, the the land of entrepreneurs with being able to try that and and really just working to grow. I'm always in a learning mindset. Yeah. And I just feel like as long as I remain there, then mm. I am being successful because there's nothing that I can't learn mm. as long as I have the mind to to want to learn. Yeah. And keeping that open mindset and overcoming kind of fear, that's kind of based in in confidence. So how did you build up like that level of confidence? Have you always been a really confident person or was it something you had to work on? <laughs> it's definitely something I had to work on. And and I still work on it. Like, I'm not even going to sit here and pretend like I'm like always confident because there are going to be those moments where I doubt myself, but mm. it's about whether I entertain those thoughts yeah, or if I let those thoughts come, I explore them a little bit to figure out why am I not feeling as confident and then letting them go. But to really answer your question as far as about feeling confident, like when I was a kid, I did not feel that way. Just really looking at people who had more money who mm. were in a, a higher social economical status, like all of those types of things yeah. and seeing how happy they seemed and just all of those things. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I really want that. I really want that. Yeah. 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 And knowing that I couldn't necessarily achieve that mm. is what I thought right. at the time. But I guess it just, it just boiled down to how I was trying to approach it. It really wasn't, I thought it was at the time that I wanted what came with happiness or what I thought came with happiness, but it was really just about being confident in myself and being happy with myself and not all of the things that come with it. If, if that, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. So being confident and happy in yourself is one of those things where it's a personal journey and everyone has to go through it differently, but 
how do you help people kind of build that confidence for themselves? What What's the kind of first step to the listener or to even to myself right now? How could I build more confidence? So that self-confidence is about believing in your skills, believing in your abilities, mm. that you're good at what you do. Yeah. And so the first step to that is really just being able to help people identify what it is that you do right. that you're good at, or perhaps you're not good at it and you want to be good at it. Like, yeah. what are you passionate about? What do you feel is your purpose? Because my goal is not to help you find your purpose. Right. I, I believe that that is for each and every person to, to, to go through that journey with their self. Mm. But what I can do is I can help you identify those skills, those things that you're passionate about. Right. And then help for people to, to thrive with that skill, to thrive with that is being able to educate yourself, finding yeah. those additional resources, getting that support mm -hmm. that you need in order to consistently develop that skill. Because right. essentially that is what is going to build that confidence. It's, mm -hmm. it's not, it's different than, you know, self-value and self-worth where it's more self-esteem of how you view yourself. But that confidence is all about finding something that you're good at yeah. and that you know that you're capable of sharing that with other people. Yeah. And in that confidence, it's, it's, I personally found, especially like growing up and even to this day, I might be confident to do something, but there's still a level of kind of like, like a twinge in my, in my chest or, you know, in my stomach where I feel kind of uncomfortable with it. So let's say I've built up my confidence and then now I'm still dealing with that kind of uneasy feeling. How can I kind of find a, a nice balance between the two so that my confidence shines through more than my kind of uneasiness with, with being you know, confident in what I'm doing, if that makes sense. Right. That makes sense. I don't, I, I don't think that there is a, a reason to get rid of it, honestly, that mm. uneasiness. I think that there is a reason to explore it, mm. to explore why you may still be a little uh, uneasy or, or afraid mm. or whatever that feeling is that, uh, that adrenaline rush that causes those butterflies whenever right. you're working in that skill yeah. because there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it has, I have always enjoyed, you know, teaching. I've always enjoyed speaking. I've always been extremely passionate about it. Yeah. But with that, I have always been uneasy, you know, as you've said with, with perhaps how I share that with other people. Like I get really nervous because Sometimes I'm like, well, maybe, maybe somebody else can share that. Mm. So then I have to question myself and I have to think, well, why, why do I think that I am not capable mm. of sharing a story yeah. that someone could benefit from? Why mm -hmm. do I think that someone else should share the story instead of me? Yeah. So that's, that's really something where I would say that it's not necessarily about making the confidence overshine the uneasiness, but mm. really just exploring the uneasiness and letting that work for you. Mm. Yeah, because I feel like as well, you know, sometimes it's like you said that it's an adrenaline rush and then other times it can be a bit debilitating, but once you become kind of, I wouldn't say more comfortable in it, but once you lean into it a bit more, you can kind of go, yes. well, it's, it's always going to be there. And even if it goes, then great. But if I know it's always going to be there and I accept it's always going to be there, then the only way I can go from there is, is you know, up or you know forwards towards my goal type thing. Yes, absolutely. Just really understanding that. Because I think that a lot of people, they run into um, the challenge of they try to avoid it, mm. right? So they're nervous. Public speaking is a big one. A lot yeah. of people, 
don't like public speaking. Yeah. And so they avoid it. And so they suppress it. They try to suppress it. Mm -hmm. And then the next time the opportunity comes, they try to suppress it again. Mm. But what happens when you keep suppressing it, it's just going to continually build up and build up and build up. And it becomes more so of something that causes a little bit more uneasiness, a little bit more anxiety because you've been suppressing it for so long. Yeah. So the only way to really minimize how that feels is to just face it head on and to address it. And there's different ways to go about that. And yeah. that's something where it's it's really about, for me as a coach, getting to know the person. Right. Um, but it really is about confronting it, addressing it and figuring out why, because there's a reason why we feel how we do. Yeah. A lot of times it's about uh, not knowing if we're safe, right. not knowing if we're uh, feeling like we're going to get hurt because that's how our brains are wired. Our brains are wired to, oh my gosh, this is a harmful situation. Mm. And so that's why we start getting stressed out and stuff because our brains are really trying to protect us. Yeah. And so we have to question, well, why does our brains think that this particular situation is something that could harm us and how can we use that to to help us essentially okay so in in the kind of mindset of avoiding harm i guess rejection is a is a kind of like you know a harmful thing most people are, are scared of rejection so how how yeah. can you become more comfortable or you know more accepting of rejection and being more okay with it than most people including myself already are so that's a great question and there are, first of all, you just have to be rejected. Yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds so Most terrible. Definitely. <laughs> in order to, to just to get the feeling of it. And nobody yeah. likes to be rejected or denied or dismissed mm. uh, because you do feel unseen and unheard. And yeah. that's, that's not the place to be. But it's really about getting in the mindset of knowing that there is something that you can learn from it. Mm. Like there are so many different things that you can learn. One thing you can learn is wisdom. Mm. So if you are faced with a particular situation, if you're making a a pitch or if you're applying for a job and you get rejected, Uh it's going to hurt. Explore that pain. Right. Mm. And like, just take the moment to to soak in it a little bit like that is okay. But then go back and look, try to look at it from an objective stance and say, what can I do differently? Right. Is there anything that I could do differently? Mm Uh, do the the company values do they match with my values? If is perhaps is that why it wasn't a good fit? Mm. Is there something that I could have done differently on my resume? So there's so many different ways to to look at it to figure out if there is to to be able to learn from it essentially mm. and to 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 get wiser for the next time. Yeah. Um, something else that rejection can teach us is patience. Because there's a lot of times when we are not going to get it right mm. the first time. Yeah. And for me, I used to always, I thought I was being smart. And I would always say, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't pray for patience. I just pray for wisdom because then yeah. I don't, I don't have to wait for anything because I know when the right time is. Yeah. But I'm still in this case now where I still have to have patience because when I get a rejection, well, what does that mean? Yeah. Now it means I have to go back to the drawing board using that wisdom, Mm. but then go through that process again to be able to try to approach it from a different way. And so those are just two ways that rejection can really work in our favor, but that's only if we have the mindset to, to learn from it. Yeah. And I feel like the, the last few things we've spoken about kind of all add up nicely to 
like the job search because when you are going through a job search first of all it's about having the confidence to go oh especially if this is a job you've never done before it might be a bit above your pay grade or above your skill get skill level you build up your confidence okay cool you get comfortable with being uncomfortable you get ready for rejection but how do you kind of you know turn all that into like the intentional action of going right I'm going to do this I'm going to get it done because I feel like a lot of people can build up all that lovely stuff we've just spoken about but they never get to that point where they actually take the leap and do the thing right so with that it's it's super important to be able to have goals Mm. and I don't know if you you may have heard of the smart goals yeah so yeah so you know specific measurable achievable realistic and Mm time-based. So really just being able to have that. And so this is before anything else. This is before the confidence. This Mm -hmm. is before uh, being able to lean into that discomfort. This is before uh, being able to know that you can learn from rejection. Before any of that, it's Mm -hmm. really important just to be able to have a goal. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, as you said, Sam, like it's, you can easily just say, oh yeah, I'm going to have confidence and mm. I'm going to be ready to face rejection. And you sit there and do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, well, what's the purpose? I'm so motivated <laughs> to sit here in the same situation. Like that is not the way forward. <laughs> that is not, it really is not. And so really just, uh, I kind of alluded to this slightly um, when I was talking about for every person, you know, success is different. Mm. And it really just depends on that journey. So when you're writing out that goal, really yeah. clearly being able to identify what it is that you want or why you want it. Yeah. So if you're wanting this position, why do you want this position? Mm. Clarify that. Okay. So how can you get there? What can you do in order to get there? And then being able to be specific as far as with what goals will you, or what steps will you take in order to reach that goal? Yeah. Um, and then also that's a, an accountability on your part as well, yeah. because you have something to go back to, to refer to, uh, especially if it's time-based and yeah. it's, oh, I didn't, I didn't reach that in three months. Like I said, I, like I said, I did, well, going back and looking at, well, what steps did I take? Mm. Did I take all the steps yeah. in order to be able to effectively reach that goal that mm. I set for myself? Yeah. So with smart goals in mind, right, a lot of our listeners, they they love a story, right? They love it when someone, you know, not only, you know, is preaching to them, but they practice what they preach. So what is an example of a time that you use a smart goal system in order to achieve something in your life recently or even in the past without knowing, like, is there a time? Yeah. So let me see. I'll, I'll use one specifically for my career because hey that's that's what I do (laughs) (laughs) so I I have considered myself in the past a professional job seeker because Mm. I'm really good at looking for jobs Mm. (laughs) or I have been really good at looking for jobs yeah there was one particular time when we had moved and I was like I've got to get a job like Mm. I have to get it and so my specific goal was I wanted to work uh, this is when I first wanted to get into career coaching. And I, mm. I really wanted to work in that type of environment. Right. I didn't care if it was nonprofit or for-profit, college, university. That part wasn't specific. But mm. what was specific was my job. Mm-hmm. And I, I measured that as far as not necessarily by the title, yeah. but I measured it by 
what the job description entailed as far as would I be working with clients? Would I have the opportunity to provide training Mm -hmm. specifically as it relates to career development and professional development and Mm -hmm. educational opportunities? Was it achievable? Absolutely. It was Mm -hmm. achievable for me because I already had a background for it. Mm -hmm. And it was also realistic because I was not uh, coming into the field thinking that I was going to get uh, a CEO position when I really just wanted to get my feet wet. Yeah. Uh, Because that's so very important because a lot of times, you know, with that self-awareness, we sometimes a lot of times we undersell ourselves, but we also sometimes oversell ourselves. Yeah. And so it's important to be able to gauge where we are realistically. And it's not, and it's not that we can't grow because Mm. we can, but realistically for that specific goal, Mm. I needed to aim for an entry level, junior level position to, to get into the industry. Yeah. And time-based, I gave myself six months Mm. in order to be able to get that job. And so with this goal that I had in mind, it was okay, like, let's get it. Like I was going into, this is of course not during COVID. Yeah. (laughs) was going into buildings and talking to people, sending emails, Mm. like networking, doing all of these different things. And a volunteer opportunity came and I was like, well, I'm not getting paid for it. And I did want to get paid, but I have the time to Mm. to do it. So let's, and it gives me the experience. Mm. So I started volunteering with that organization and then it turned into a career opportunity, an entry level position. And I got it within four months. Right. So that was just one of the ways that I was able to use that smart goal, mm. identify it. I wrote it down and I stuck to it. I wrote down specific, specific steps that I needed to take mm. in order to, to get that entry level position. Right. Was it the best paying job? No, yeah. but <laughs> that for me was not a requirement. Yeah. It was being able to get paid at some point but really just being able to to get started in that field and I guess that that kind of smart goal was driven by a necessity because you were like right I've just moved state or city I need a job but I'm not going to just go get any job doing anything here there and everywhere I'm going to still pursue my goals yes absolutely and that's where that confidence comes in Mm. because I I didn't have specific uh experience with that but I knew that I could do the job right yeah and I wasn't trying to oversell myself I wasn't underselling myself this is exactly what I wanted to do I wanted to be able to grow I wanted to be able to learn I wanted to be able to do so many things yeah and this was the avenue that I thought was best for me to to take yeah and it was what you said it was something you've always wanted to do you've always wanted to get into coaching you've always wanted to kind of help people so mm-hmm. when you started your business, how was that? Like, what was day one of, of starting your, your coaching business? Like, were you just there like, need the clients now? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> how do I get this going type thing? Yes. <laughs> yes and no. Because, I mean, like when you start a business, it, it doesn't just like the clients just don't come rolling in. They don't? <laughs> like, Wait. No. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that would be nice, right? Exactly. Coaching business and they just start. No. So it it really was part of okay, so what do I do next? Yeah. Open for business. Um, but a lot of it too was growing and it still is. Mm. I'm not even gonna put that in past tense. Let me take that back and put it in the present. Yeah. <laughs> it's about growing. Like mm. what can I do to ensure that my mission yeah. 
is is meeting the need mm. that my mission is meeting the problem mm-hmm. that I know that people are experiencing. Yeah. How can I ensure that this is coming to pass? So that's a lot of understanding the business scope, which is a, is a whole new world for me. Yeah. But I don't know why they don't offer this in, in, in school, because there's a lot of it's a lot about business that makes sense just yeah. in general. Yeah. yeah like yeah. knowing who you are. Mm. As a person, you can't sell if you don't know who you are. Yeah. And and even with building relationships, you have to know who you are. You have to know what you stand for. Mm. And it's the same thing with, with starting this business. Know who you are, know what you stand for, know mm. your values, and being able to clearly and effectively communicate that. Yeah. So it's been a lot of personal self-development mm. uh, as I work on growing this business, which yeah. will... Uh, and which does provide personal and development for for other people. So as yeah. I build myself yeah. uh, with this business, I'm able to, in essence, build others. Yeah. So your business is basically you. It, it's it's your what you're living. It's what you're breathing. So how do you build a personal brand? What's the kind of first step? First step is obviously to get yourself out there. I'm guessing to be like networking and seeing people, right? Yeah, that's a that's a big step. It's, and it's a really big portion of it. Mm. But I would say even before you you get out there and, mm. and start networking, yeah, you have to know what you're networking for. Right. Because there's there's different, you know, there's different types of relationships mm. that you you have, like even with personal relationships. Like if you have several best friends, yeah, you may have one best friend that you talk to about marriage, you may have one best friend that you talk to about children. Mm. And it's the same thing when it comes to you know, having a business, mm-hmm. when you network with one person, it yeah. may not necessarily be the same goal or the same purpose as when you network with some someone else. Yeah. So knowing your purpose and also being able to not only take, because networking is not just about give me, give me, give me, what can you do to benefit me? Yeah. But it's also about what can you give? Right. What can you give to add value to someone else? What can you give that can build someone up. Mm-hmm. So all of those things are so very important with really being able to, to network and, and really just understanding for yourself. Yeah. I would say that would be the, the first thing is know yourself. Right. Know yourself in and out. Know who you're targeting. Yeah. They need a name. They need an age. They need a weight. They yeah. need all of those things. Yeah. Because the, the more defined it is, mm-hmm. the easier it's going to be for you when you're networking and talking that you're going to be able to clearly say, this is who I'm, this is who I'm looking for. This is what I'm able to give. And this yeah. is who I can help. So as, as your personal brand gets bigger, I mean this to you personally, the poorer, as your personal brand gets bigger, then your business gets bigger and all this kind of stuff. How do you kind of raise your profile as a, as a, you know, a publicly trading or a publicly kind of business backed individual? How do you get out there? It's about sharing it. And for me, that's actually really hard mm. <laughs> because I just, I grew up in a household that were all about like humility, mm. you know, being humble, being meek. And so even though some things it's just, it's just confidence, mm. it's not arrogance. I, I, I try to figure out, so which one is it? Yeah. <laughs> so I can effectively get out there. But that's honestly, that's what it boils down to. It's about sharing it, but sharing it consistently. Yeah. Like there's so many different social media platforms these days. 
like, I just get so overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it's like, which one do I use? Yeah. So just really being able to find which platform works best for you, but at yeah. the same time, which platform is being used by the people that you want to reach. Mm. I think that's that's really important. Yeah. Um, but that consistency and just getting out there and it doesn't have to be perfect. It can be a mess yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. You're, you're getting your name out there. Mm. If you want to write, if you want to be a guest on a podcast or start your own podcast, yeah. if you want to uh, have a vlog or a, a blog, whatever the case may be, just getting out there mm. and getting started. So that way people can see your brand. They can, they can see what you're about. And if they're interested, Hey, they will connect with you. And if they're not, Hey, that's okay. There's other people out there. And so it's really just being able to put yourself out there so that you can find your people and your people can find you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because I feel like if you speak to any marketer, you go, oh, what social media should I focus on? They go, all of them. It's like, yeah, okay, well, that's impossible. I'm one person. You know, I'm trying to do one thing really well rather than loads of things really badly. I felt like right, right now, especially if you're in like a professional sphere, sphere or you're running a business, Everybody thinks that Instagram's where it's at and Instagram's not where it's at at all. It's like a waste of time. But like, yeah, you can post on Instagram and stuff like that. But it's like with LinkedIn, I don't know why, but LinkedIn seems like it's got the best of both worlds. You can post any type of content you want. There's no clamps on the, the length of a video you can post. And if someone else comments on your video, all of their network can see they've commented on it and all this kind of stuff. It, it, That's true. It's really odd. It's really bizarre. And I, I don't know about you, but I don't really have a LinkedIn strategy. I'm really bad at that. I was actually just talking on another podcast about that the other day, about how terrible I am at using social media. But oh. I say all that to ask you this. What do you do on social media? Like, So when you're sharing your story, are you sharing it through video, through blogs, vlogs? How do you do it? So I I do use Instagram. Okay. No, I'm not I'm not sliding Instagram, but I'm saying as in for me, it's it's not it's not making any sense for me to use Instagram. That's what I should have right. said. That I was talking sense. generally, generally, but you know. I meant, I meant no, specifically, I gotcha. yeah. <laughs> no, so I, I think it's going to be about targeting, knowing who, where your people are, Yeah. number one. I think that's going to be key and knowing what types of people that you're, you're trying to reach and mm. what platforms they use. Yeah. Because even though you're using it to, to get yourself out there, to build your brand, yeah. you want to make sure that you're putting your energy into something where people are interested in what you're selling. Yeah. If that makes sense. So for instance, if you are a photographer, mm. while LinkedIn may be, you know, beneficial to a certain extent, yeah. you may find uh, a better following on Instagram. If mm. you are more of a comedian, mm. you may find a better following on TikTok mm. because, you know, that's where, because of the, the environment that's kind of already the underlying mm. environment that's kind of been already established there. Yeah. And then for LinkedIn, it is a lot more professional, but you can, as a photographer and as a comedian, you can still post there. Yeah. But for the live, they, you have to have, I think a certain following or a yeah. certain uh, level before you're able to go live on LinkedIn. And mm. so the, there can be some limitations there, but they've recently added the stories, which is pretty cool. Mm. So I, I I really just think it depends on what you are looking for. Mm -hmm. What is your end goal? Yeah. For me, I have been more so into going live, 
more so into doing the short videos. And I've tried to post a couple on LinkedIn. Some people watch them, some people don't. And mm. on Instagram, it just really just flows. Yeah. And so for me, just naturally, I see that Instagram is where I get that particular uh, following. Now, yeah. when I post longer posts about ins- more longer posts, inspirational, motivational, mm. I usually post that on LinkedIn right. because it, it gives you that uh, freedom to do so. And yeah. when people log into LinkedIn, they know that the posts are going to be a little bit more lengthier. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a picture, maybe not a picture. And so just really being aware of how each platform works, yeah. being aware of who utilizes those platforms mm. and then making the the best use of them. And Facebook, I have a page there, but there's <laughs> not much going on there now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes with, with marketing and, and, you know, I guess technically content posting, you know, I haven't really been doing the, what the gurus say to do type thing, but I mean, this question isn't really in regards to just social media. It's just regards to your career or life in general. What was your like biggest takeaway from like one of your biggest failures? Hmm. My biggest takeaway from my biggest failure. This is a really good question. Thank you. (laughs) I I like it when a guest sits back and goes, oh, wait, what is this question? (laughs) Let me compose myself. It makes makes for a lovely answer. (laughs) I failed a lot. Go through uh-huh. all of them. Start at number one. <laughs> I was four years old and I'm just... <laughs> but yeah, honestly, if there's multiple, then I don't mind hearing multiple. It's, it's it's genuine of interest to me to hear how people learn from their failures. Yeah, so I'm trying to think of even how to, to word it because a part of me does block out my failures. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which I'm not sure if other people do that, but I do. And so I usually have to write them down. Mm. And I write them down not to go back to the pity party, but I write them down to remember that this is where you don't want to be Yeah. when it comes to, to failure. So I actually had a, a business before this business right. that I have now. Yeah. And I opened it. It was, it was solely resume writing. Yeah. And I did not do any marketing for it. I was just like, I just need to start a business. Mm. I just need to get it going. It'll work. Yeah. And needless to say, it did not work. Right, of course. <laughs> because there was there was there was no marketing there or anything. And what I used to do, it was so terrible. I used to drop business cards intentionally. Yeah. I dropped business cards in grocery stores. Yeah. Uh, because I said, well, somebody's gonna pick it up, and maybe <laughs> the person who picks it up will be the person who needs it. Which, in hindsight, it really didn't make a lot of sense. But anyways, that that business not working out Mm. was an opportunity for me to to really reevaluate that the time that I was putting into it wasn't worth the revenue that I was getting in return yeah and so the second time which is now Mm. that I've decided to to open a business it's I cannot just have a half done project like I'm I have mentors I I'm taking classes. There's so many different things that I'm doing to continuously educate myself on that. And that's been really helpful for me. Mm. And that's more so on the, the professional side. On the personal side, I feel like I have a lot more a lot more failures, but it's because the personal, I usually, it rolls over into professional. Right, yeah. As a as a mom, I feel like I've failed a lot, which I know is doesn't sound so terrible. <laughs> but... <laughs> 
Go on. I know it's fine, but is it because you know what's funny? People tend to f- think that oh, okay, I go to work and all of a sudden I'm not a parent no more. You know, I'm not a brother. I'm not a sister. But it's like you, at any given moment in the day, your child could call you, and you know you have to be straight back into mummy mode. There's no like oh no, sorry, I'm in a meeting right now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Instantly, that's forgotten about, and you're on your way to pick up your child. So you said you you feel like you failed as a mother. I feel like you haven't. Yeah. I've known you a short time, but I know you're a good mother. Okay, so I don't want to hear any kind of negative talk like that. But in this regard, let's 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 play out. Let's hear let's hear that, what you're saying about that. Yeah. So it's just a, a lot of different times where I, you know, I, I parent the best that I can. You mm. know, my husband parents the best that he can. Yeah. But it's times when we have an open door policy in our house where right. if there is something that we have not done. Mm then let us let us know and my son he's not really old enough to to share that yeah. but my daughter is yeah. and she does oh, no. and <laughs> there's just times when she's just like well you know i i felt like no one was listening to me today i felt like no one has heard me mm. and you can just imagine like given what i do mm. in my job like for the, the fact of my daughter's feeling like i don't hear her mm. i don't see her like yeah. that like really hits the heart mm. and and so i i do feel like you know i'm not like i, I failed at that particular point but yeah. then it's how can i be a better mother because being yeah. a better mother is going to make me a better person mm. And then there's when I first started working, mm. uh, our the, the kids went through. Oh, I felt so terrible. Like four different child cares within a month, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of mom guilt there. Yeah, because I, they were young, mm. and I just I just felt really bad, and I I felt like at some point that I failed them. Yeah. So I think that for me, I'm not going to get too too deep into it because I I, I I'm going to tell you what the issue is. <laughs> the issue for me is that. A lot of times, and I don't even think it's just for me, but for other people, it's not that we fail. It's yeah. just how we perceive what we're what's going on. Because what is failure? I mean, yeah. I don't want to get all like philosophical and Do everything, it. but bring bring the philosophy. <laughs> I want I want to be philosophized too. I don't even know if that's a word. It's now a word. Now it's a word. Yeah, but it really is like we get stuck in the this is a failure and this is a failure. Yeah, but is it though? Mm. Is it really a failure or is it just an opportunity for you to to learn is an opportunity for you to to explore feelings that you have tried to avoid? Right. Mm. I absolutely love working. Mm. Like I love being a mom, but I also love working and I cannot like I am. I'm a mother. Yes, I am a wife. Yes. Mm. But before I was any of those things, I have always been Lapora. Yeah. And so for me, when I when I feel like I'm failing, mm. it's I feel like, OK, well, I, I need to be able to strike that balance. Yeah. Right. But at the end of the day, Lapora, you are you are still a person. You are still Lapora. And there's going to be times where perhaps meeting your needs. Yeah. May re- may not require, but it may result in you not meeting someone else's needs. Right. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you're failing. It just right. means that you need to look at it perhaps from their perspective. Um, and she's young. She's yeah. not able to, to see it from different perspectives, but yeah. just really being able to see it from multiple respects, which I know it's like a lot. It's just, I don't know, yeah. but that's just kind of where my mind goes. It's just that what is failure? Mm. 
like, what is it to anyone and how can we look at it in a different perspective where it's not failure, but it's an opportunity to learn a lesson. Right. I guess. Yeah. An opportunity. And I guess with, with like, with regards to running a business prior to this business, and then you said, you know, it, it didn't work because of marketing and all that kind of stuff. Were there any kind of decisions or things that you wish you'd kind of done differently or turned out differently? Because that's kind of where I feel like the lesson in and of itself lives in is when you go, oh, if I'd have done different this differently or if I'd have tried that differently, it might have worked out X, Y, Z way. Yeah, putting myself out there, mm. which seems to be a common theme today. Yeah. <laughs> which when we're talking to you, it's just like, I didn't want to do it. Yeah. And I didn't do it. Mm. That was the thing. I was afraid to do it and I did not do it. Right. I did not put myself out there. Yeah. I, I was like, if they want, if they want the service, mm. they will find me. Yeah. That was my logic. And it would have worked. Mm. I'm a hundred percent positive that it would have worked. Had I put myself out there, had I taken the opportunity to lean into something which I was not comfortable with, which I was very afraid of, mm. and just say, you know what, I'm going to do it. It, it. If it doesn't work, that's okay, but it's better than dropping cards on the grocery store floor. <laughs> like there's other things that you can do that can can that can get the business out there, and and really just feeling like I had something to offer. Again, going back to something that I feel like we've just talked about, you know, you, you have to know that what you have to offer, whether it's starting a business, whether it's applying for a new job, you have to know that what you have to offer is worth it. Being confident enough in your skills and in your abilities that you are able to say, hey, y'all, look what look what I have. Like, look, look what I have available. You know, like there's no, there's nothing wrong with that because guess what? If you don't do it for yourself, mm -hmm. who will? Yeah. Not me. <laughs> like it's, and it really is, it kind of goes down to like each, to each their own in that particular case yeah. where Lapora has to advocate for Lapora. Sam has to advocate for Sam. Like we have to be able to say that our skills and our abilities and what we have to offer is worth offering. And that was something that I did not do previously yeah that i'm doing now right so where you're offering your skills and, and putting your your value forward and you know trying to get yourself out in front of people obviously this is bringing you i'm gonna i'm just gonna assume here i'm gonna speak i'm gonna speak maybe out of turn but i'm hoping i'm right this career path and this you know business you started it brings you joy so what oh yeah so what part of this brings you the most joy? What is it that you see when you're working that makes you go, oh, wow, I love doing what I'm doing? Changes. I love change. I, I really do. Even if I'm afraid of it, I, I'm i like, oh, well, that would be nice <laughs> if it changed. But no, really just seeing the changes because if you see someone who starts off and they are not feeling confident in their self. They're feeling like, well, oh, I don't have a degree. And, and so I don't think that I can potentially get this job. And, oh, I don't, I don't think that I have enough education to get this. And then by the end of however long that process is, whether it's one session or multiple sessions, just depending on the person, you see that they are confident in what they have to offer and they are able to put that forward. Like, it's just like, yes. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And the reason why it's so much joy is because that, like, that was me. Like, that is me. I, I mean, as a solopreneur, so an, an entrepreneur, you know, doing it, you know, but 
one, just me for, for this particular business, it is, I have been there. Like, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. And that's why I get so much joy from it is because I have been in positions where I have felt unseen and unheard, or I felt like, well, maybe I can't get that job because I don't have enough skills and abilities. But once I realized that I did have that skill set, once I realized that I was worth that, once all this realization and epiphanies, once they came up, then it made a huge difference. It was like 180 degrees. And it was like, I just kept going at that point. And so to be able to see other people get to that point where they doubted themselves and now they believe in themselves, like that's just, that's amazing because it, it, it could be a really, it could be a really sad place when you feel like you have nothing to offer and you feel like everyone else does except for you. But when you realize that you do, like, that's just, I mean, it's amazing. Here's where to find Lapora online. I have a website uh, that people can reach me at, which is laporalindsay.com. Just my name, L-A-P-O-R-A-L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. People can also find me on Instagram. Once again, Lapora Lindsay, nothing fancy there. Uh, on Instagram, I post a lot of reels, like inspirational reels. Sometimes they're a little funny. Sometimes they're serious. But just really just trying to keep people motivated. And LinkedIn, people can definitely find me on LinkedIn for more of the not funny, but the solely professional post just to keep people inspired. And on all of those uh, platforms or both of those platforms, I also just keep people updated on how my uh, book journey is going with writing a self-help book. Thank you for listening to People Explain. New episodes come out every Monday. We would appreciate it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and shared this episode with a friend.